Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hope everyone's enjoying their weekend thus far. Just a quick reminder now, if you miss our live show on Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m., you can catch us twice on Sundays, and that's from 8 to 9 a.m. And once again, the evening, 7 to 8 p.m., right here on KLZ 560. Well, you remember a few weeks ago, we went to the Western Hunt and Conservation Expo in Salt Lake City and um, did several interviews there with uh, some of our current sponsors and some new friends that we met. And one of those was with Fortress and Fortress Clothing, Dale Lewis, and uh, did an interview with Dale and actually got some of the products from Dale. And uh, as you know, here in Colorado over these last few weeks, we've been, seems like every Wednesday, we've been getting snow dumped on us. And so uh, got to wear a couple of these um, items that, that I'd gotten from Dale and Fortress Clothing. And uh, I'm telling you, it's just unbelievable, the warmth. And I'll get into a little bit of that here in just a minute. But first of all, Dale, hey, welcome to the show. I know we got to do a little interview on a recorder, but welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Scott. It's great to be here. All right. I always like to find out, and I know we kind of covered this in our first interview, you know, people that invent things and, man, the journey that takes, and most of us can't even understand. But, man, when you look at what was your first thought in coming up with Fortress Clothing? So, you know, it, it is, like you say, it's a journey. It's one of those, you know, I, I remember growing up as a kid doing Boy Scouts, and, and I took a I took a pair of, if you can believe it, um, rubber boots on a winter camp and i was using the, the that sport uh the uh, boy scout spoon to get my foot into a pair of frozen <laughs> boots and uh, you know that, that those sort of experiences they have an impression on you and uh and uh, and i i just kind of swore I, I i hated the cold but interestingly enough you you, you grow up in utah and colorado and and you find out, man, it's it's okay to, to be outside in the winter. You can hunt, you can fish, you can ski, and and I I, I skied a lot, and uh, and we hunted, we hunted more in southern Utah. But anyway, um, just I remember sleeping on on uh, these foam mattresses, and and uh, that was kind of the, if you will, the aha moment. So if you can, and it's a really long story. So rather than no. bore you, just know that we started there, and then we perfected. This type of insulation, it is an open-cell polyurethane specifically designed for heat retention while being hydrophobic, meaning it's afraid of water. So if you sweat, the water just goes right through it. So we actually have a patent on this technology. The technology, when you look at it, it it's a variation and, and something that now has specifically focused on winter apparel. So that is our winter apparel insulation and that's what our patent is all about and that's why you know as you've now experienced you can be warm with fewer layers and sure. you can be warm with, so yeah no i'm telling you i went out to just um shovel some snow and things and of course yes that that's work a little bit but I mean, it was a real light snow so it wasn't like you know really really um uh, going at a fast speed and to make myself sweat or anything but man i had just a regular cotton t-shirt on and then i took the jacket from you and i'm telling you and it it was really cold out but man 
it was so warm and honestly did sweat a little bit in that and again i wasn't going at a real fast pace but just i couldn't get over the warmth and then i'll let we'll go through your lineup here in a minute but then the hood uh that you that i got um of course kind of has the face mask kind of deal that'll wrap around a cover that wraps around you can put under your chin or across your face and uh for protection and um it was just i could not believe how how warm it was and i I like your i went on your website and i was looking at some things it says new standard of warmth and man that is a great line because it absolutely is because i'm just telling you doing what we do and hunting you know for a long time man I have bought a ton of gear. My wife will agree with that. But I've got gear from every, about everybody and big names, whatever. And I'll be honest, nothing is that light, that comfortable, and that warm at all. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You know what's weird is, and I, th- I think in our previous interview, you mentioned I was on Shark Tank. It, one of the questions that kept coming up was, you know, well, well, what differentiates you? And we're, and it's like, well, we're lightweight, warm, and breathable. But everybody's already claimed that. We just actually deliver. I mean, we yep. we don't have a five layer system where you, oh, you've got to do this. You know, people at that show where we met, you know, they came up and they're they're big fans of this ki- this type of camo or that type of camo. And we're like, yeah, great. We love those guys. Keep that brand of camo on the outer layer, but just get rid of the other four layers and just wear Fortress as your base layer. Mm-hmm. Or if you're, oh, if you're a snowmobiler, we've got the perfect puff jacket. I mean, our glacier jacket, you know, you, you can wear that as that insulation layer. And what, what people find, uh, Scott, is that we deliver where other people fail. Where You know, you, you need two layers where you used to wear four. You need three layers where you used to wear five or six. So sure. it, it's, fun to be, it's fun to be able to have something where – you're not afraid that the customer's going to find out X, whatever that thing is, <laughs> you know, is a deficiency. We're deficient as people and we're deficient as a company, but our technology is not and our products are not. They're just, they just kick butt. Absolutely. So. If you're just joining us, Dale Lewis is with us. We are talking about Fortress. Fortressclothing.com is the website. And like I said, I got to meet Dale personally a few weeks back there in Salt Lake and uh, have experienced some of the products. And I'm telling you, they are absolutely awesome and you might say well scott of course you're going to say that you got him on the phone i'm telling you i I give honest reviews and it is it is actually the the of anything whether it be the the pants dale the vest the jacket whatever is it's absolutely the lightest of anything and you know if you live here in colorado it doesn't take long to figure out and everybody tells when they got friends hey just bring clothing you know what should i bring just bring stuff you can layer in i mean that's what we do here because hey in the mornings it's cool and then when the sun comes out you don't need it then that sun goes down boy it doesn't take long to need that extra few layers and here you don't have to do that with fortress clothing so let's get into like go ahead well, I was just say, isn't it funny? Here, here in our office, we kind of have a little saying. It's like when people say "layer up," we're like, "Well, yeah." If you live in the '80s, yeah, exactly. Because the technology that everybody else is using is from the '80s, you right. know. And you look at the late and Primaloft, those guys. It's 1980s technology. It's spun polyester, and yeah, if you don't mind a bunch of layers and the additional cost and and the bother. Go ahead, but if you want the latest technology, uh, and it is, it is. Remember at the show how you put it on, and and it actually feels like you're wearing air, and it is because no, of that it really does. Still, uh, technology that that uh, it kind of it feels like you're wearing air. Absolutely. All right, now we're on a hunting and fishing show, and that's what we're talking about. You know, having good gear for the outdoorsmen and outdoor uh, women out there. 
But when you think about just all the different activities that, uh, hey, where it can be cold, man, you fill a lot of spaces in that, don't you? Yeah, we do. You know, uh, it's interesting. Just when you look at outdoor recreation from hunting and fishing, you've got the snowmobilers, you've got skiers and snowboarders. I love to mountain bike in our gear. People love to hike in it. You can camp and motorcycle ride, ATV, ice fish. We even have just a special niche of paragliders. And what's funny is that's just plain. And then you look, what's, what blows me away is we started as a workwear company. So, you, you know, you've got the oil and gas and construction and mining, loggers. I, I have a group of surveyors that just are like, dude, you make me more money because I'm oblivious to the cold. <laughs> the weather no longer matters. We also service a lot of uh, tactical, you know, military, uh, police, and SWAT, and, of course, we live in rural Utah and our agricultural, we love agricultural workers and, and just to ha- the guys who have to be out there, we love taking care of them. And Scott, here's the thing that just recently has been has been taking a turn for the, the good for us, and that is the number of women who have found us, because there's a, there's a difference. We always say that there's three things that you assist in your own comfort in the cold, and that's your body type mm-hmm. and your hydration, your hydration and your activity level. Well, if you're a woman, there's typically, you know, muscle mass is, is in, in general, stereotypically, it's less. You're creating less heat. And, you know, if you're thin, like so many women are, it's, you're, you're just always cold. This revolutionizes your life. It literally changes. I have people coming in, and they'll bring one woman will come in. And she, just recently, uh, this gal, Becca, she came in, and she brought her sister, Catherine, sent in her mother, Miriam. And, and all of a sudden, we've got... You know, another sister, a cousin, and it goes down the family tree. It's like we're going to have a big family reunion here at Fortress for just all of the people from one one gal, you know, in her 30s who just hates being cold, who now can do anything outside. Yeah. And, you know, another I, I, part, just real quick, is it looks cool. <laughs> I mean, you know yeah. what? You look good in it. Yeah. Thank you. It, the the base layer is, is, is kind of a little, little sexy. The, the outer jackets, you know, we've got hooded jackets and we've got regular one thing i i should explain to you we do have two different levels so we have our extreme level which that basically means that that our insulation is cut half inch thick and and the storm coat and the storm bibs the the uh extreme pants and jacket and the tundra coat those are all half inch most people and when we say half inch that means we're talking you can wear as long as you're wearing top pants and that balaclava you're going to be comfortable to in the minus 35, minus 40 range. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying comfortable like, okay, good, good, okay, I, I can, I can, serve. no, you just don't even know it's minus 35. You're and exactly you're, right. You're, but most people are comfortable in, in our quarter inch thick. And that's our, our base layer. We have base layer tops and, and pants and our, our glacier jacket, our shadow jacket. We've got just a lot of different easy to wear, comfortable, throw a jacket on. You can go out to the car get in the car and not be over over too heat too warm too hot then go to whatever it is if it's work or if it's play and then you can do those activities without having to layer up when you're going to go outside and layer down when you're inside you can literally just have that single layer and those are all of our quarter inch thick uh, insulation models all right once again dale lewis is with us go to fortressclothing.com hey they got a great website there you can look at what all we're talking about and just check out their full lineup and uh, we're going to go through that here in just a minute w- with dale 
But Dale, when, when you know, with the, I think with one other thing I'm trying to say is with the the lightness of this. You know, if you've got a pack or something like that, and you just want to take something off and put it in a pack, man. Again, when you look at all those different layers and the heavy jackets and all the different things like that, man, it it, it makes it easier on every level, doesn't it? Oh yeah, you know, for camping and backpacking, just to be able to compress it down, it, it compresses really well. We we actually have a, a survival kit that we built to the prep and. and uh, just comes in a 12-inch stuff sack, and you everything you need to survive down to minus 40, you can put our extreme pants, jacket, and balaclava in that. And it, it's 12 inches, you know, and, and it's, it's less than 5 pounds. So it compresses down. It's super lightweight and easy both to transport and also easy to wear and easy to store. So it doesn't take a lot of space. All right. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. Don't wait. Go to FortressClothing.com. Put in that promo code SPORTSMAN15. Save 15% today on your purchase. Go ahead and order now. We'll be right back. Choosing Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center almost 20 years ago was one of the best decisions we ever made for our pets. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and I know it's a busy time of the year for all of us, but it's no reason to forget about our pets. Our pets are a part of our family, and they need their checkups and preventative care just as we humans do. Whether a pet is new to the family or has been a family member for many years, regular checkups are the foundation of our pet's overall health. Depending on your pet's age, a preventative care visit will include the basics, such as an exam and vaccinations, diet and weight management, and parasite preventatives. But it could also involve a spay or neuter discussion, microchipping, concerns about house training or behavior issues. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, the medical team will take the time to get to know your pet and address the concerns you have about your pet's care. It's what your pet deserves, and it's good medicine. Whether your pet needs medical, dental, or surgical care, boarding, grooming, behavior training, pet foods, or pet care products, you'll find it at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, the place where my pets go. Call today, 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. And don't forget to visit their website at LoneTreeVet.com. Are you in the market for a new firearm? Or maybe looking to purchase your very first firearm? Well, wouldn't it be great to have an experience worth telling your friends and family about while making such an important purchase? At Bighorn Firearms, we know how important that is, and it's our mission to provide this experience to every customer that walks through our front door. Hi, I'm Ryan, owner of Bighorn Firearms, located in southeast Denver, and my team and I are customers too. We know what it's like to experience the typical specialty store attitude, and we believe everyone deserves a first-class experience when purchasing a firearm. If you're searching for friendly service, a knowledgeable and passionate staff, and a great selection of firearms, we'd like to invite you to Denver's best independent gun store, Bighorn Firearms, one mile east of Evans and I-25. Whether it's your first gun or you've been collecting for years, our friendly and knowledgeable staff are passionate about answering all of your questions. Service and selection is our commitment to you. That's Bighorn Firearms, located at 2175 South Jasmine Street, Suite 105, Denver. Call us now, 303-758-9423, or shop online, bighornusa.com. 
For over 10 years, hunters have relied on Onyx maps to help navigate public and private land boundaries across the country. Onyx Hunt is the only tool comprised of more than 400 countrywide maps that give clear private and public land boundaries, trails, hunting-specific data, and more. New map layers are constantly being added by pairing with some of the leading names in conservation and the outdoor industry, like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Boone and Crockett Club, and Eastman's. Whether it's on your smartphone or handheld GPS, make the most of your precious time in the field by navigating with Onyx Hunt. Go to the App Store or onyxmaps.com. Get relief from flesh and back. You just got in an accident, so you call the police. You make sure you get a thorough record of the scene. Then after the initial adrenaline wears off, your mind starts to swirl with all the things you need to do. Insurance claims, car repairs, doctor visits, medical bills, on top of the physical pain you're in. Flesh and Beck will give you relief from the financial stress so that you can focus on healing. Call Flesh and Beck immediately after your accident for a free consultation. Then you can rest while they talk to your insurance company. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh will relieve your burden of financial worries. All you need to do is call him right now. 303-806-8886. Call Kevin Flesh immediately after your accident and get relief from the financial stress of an injury. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results. The Outdoorsman's Attic is Colorado's very own outdoor gear consignment store. From live bait to lanterns, firearms to ammo, packs to sleeping bags, all the fishing gear you could ever hope for. And if you need some decoys for the waterfowl season, stop into the Outdoorsman's Attic. Hey, this is Scott Watley here again for my friends at the Outdoorsman's Attic. And they've got hunting, fishing, and camping gear with huge savings up to 70%. You'll find new and pre-owned items to choose from. And since the inventory changes daily, hey, this is a store you need to stop in at least a couple. Outdoorsman Paradise. Mickey said, I love this place. Great small business, family owned and run, lots to look at, and good prices. Amy says, if you need good camping and outdoor gear, go here first. Support a local small business. Such great finds. Everyone is so nice and helpful. So save big. Get to the Outdoorsman's Attic today on all of your outdoor gear. 2650 West Hamden Avenue in Sheridan. Tell them Scott sent you. Hey, Dan, you know, our jobs are pretty different. I'm a baseball announcer. You're an attorney and a talk show host. Yeah, but we do have something in common. Really? What's that? Our favorite car dealer, Len Lyle Chevrolet. Yeah, definitely not your typical dealership. That's so true, Jack. No high pressure sales tactics. They respect your time. And when you have two jobs, that's important. You know, I'd recommend Len Lyle Chevrolet to anyone. And with their low overhead, that means lower, lower prices. prices. Yeah, we really do have something in common. Len Lyle Chevrolet. Go east and pay the least. Chevy, find new roads. None of us plan or expect to get stuck, and when you do, the rest of the scenario usually plays out something like this. You're alone, it's late, it's cold, and oh, you have no cell service. No help, no cell service, no problem with Track Grabber. Hey, this is Scott Watley with Sportsman of Colorado Radio. Track Grabber gives you the ability to rescue yourself without having to put yourself at the mercy of a stranger. No long waits or hundreds of dollars spent on a tow truck. And Track Grabber is for your car, truck, ATV, UTV, and even commercial vehicles. With Track Grabber in your vehicle, you can have peace of mind and feel safe. And here's the best part. 
It only takes about 30 seconds to install Track Grabber on each of your tires and they stay with you as long as it takes to get back to stable terrain. So in just a couple of minutes, you're back out and on your way. Go to trackgrabber.com, that's T-R-A-C grabber.com. Use the promo code KLZ and save 20% on your purchase. Remember, no help, no sell service, no problem with Track Grabber. Riding an e-bike will make you feel like a kid again. Just try it. Hi, I'm Randy Crancy, founder of eBike of Colorado. E-bikes are a fun way to ride the trails. Pedal Assist technology flattens the steepest hills. We have 14 major brands to choose from, and our expert staff will find you the perfect bike. Come take a free test ride at eBike of Colorado in downtown Louisville, next to the historic grain elevator. Open seven days a week from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Learn more at ebikeofcolorado.com. Just try it. Before we get back to the show, you know, our eyes are very important. And let me tell you who I've been trusting my eye care to. It is Stack Optical. For over 10 years, hey, Alan's been taking great care of us, and he will take great care of you as well. Their eye exam, folks, is only $69, and it has been $69 for years. And Alan just says, hey, they want to give a great eye exam a thorough eye exam and take care of you so they've never raised that price so get in give them a call 303-321-1578 for all your optical needs if you're needing a new pair of glasses hey you want to have a a better experience in the outdoors whether it's golf riding your bike they've got the stack sports pack so prescription sunglasses maybe you've got a hard prescription no one else has been able to figure out give alan stack a chance at stack optical of course, they can handle repairs, your contacts, all of it, right there at 2233 South Monaco Parkway in Denver, 303-321-1578, stackoptical.com is the website, and I always tell you, at Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, thank you so much for being with us. We're going to go to the phones now and talk to a good friend of our show, Brian Prostumus. And uh, with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, hey, we all got that uh, brochure in the mail, hopefully, here over the last week or so. So I'm sure everyone's been going through it. So, Brian, hey, we want to go through that with you today. But how you been, sir? Oh, I've been doing great. The the seasons are uh, getting busy. Turkey season's coming up, yeah. and uh, we we got a lot lot of good things going on with CPW right now. But yeah, it's a it's a good time of year. Spring's Absolutely, right around the corner. yes, sir, for sure. All right, as I mentioned, the brochure's out, and um, boy. Every page is important in that thing, and we're kind of going to go through some of the highlights of it today. But boy, I just encourage everyone, you know, no matter how long you've lived here, no matter how long you've hunted here. Just go through the brochure and read it. And, you know, Brian, it cracks me up. It just seems like that, boy, just a few t- few days after we've uh, put in our applications, people start putting on social media, you know, when are they drawing? When are they drawing? You know, and it, <laughs> all the dates are right there on the back page. Uh, pretty clear. But, uh, yeah, let's just go through some things here. So uh, I know you, you see all the uh, problems and issues and that the hunters may call with when it really shouldn't have been a problem or an issue. So let's try to help all we can out today. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one of the first things I like to tell hunters is, uh, you know, put put some of those key dates into their calendar. Mm. You know, the deadline for the primary draw, that's April 4 at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. 
Um, but I, I, I encourage hunters, don't wait until that last day. There's a lot of hunters that are entering information. Sometimes um, the system to enter it all in um, get, gets loaded down with a lot of hunters. So I shoot for a week or at least two to three days before that deadline. If for some reason you have a mistake, um, maybe your hunting buddies are like, oh, no, I don't don't put in for that, put in for this. You, you still have opportunities to change it before that deadline. Sure. So I, I encourage people, don't wait until the last second. Yeah. And, you know, just to mention real quick, you know, I, mean, I guess it's been a couple of years ago now. We went to that 8 p.m. instead of midnight, and uh, that, that caught a lot of people by surprise, which it shouldn't have because very clear in the brochure once again when it came out. But that's 8 p.m. Mountain Time is done, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, again, I, I think it's worth putting into your calendar and, and maybe even putting a reminder a, a couple days to a week before that deadline. I, I do that myself um, for, for the primary draw, the secondary draw, leftover day. I, I try to try to make sure I, I am um, getting reminded um, in plenty of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Kind of give us some of the highlights there of you think uh, we should point out for folks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that back cover, like we said, it's, it's got the key dates. Put those in your calendar. That front inside page of your brochure, that has CPW office um, service centers, so phone numbers, addresses, if you need to stop by an office. It's a gr- great way to, you know, or if you've got questions, it's a great way to, to connect with folks from CPW. That page one is really important. If hunters have already read through the brochure year after year after year, they know everything. Make sure they hit that page one, what's new section. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I like to tell hunters and, and, and just, just about anyone that managing wildlife, it, it's not a static effort. So we're going to have changes every year. So if, if people are pretty up to speed, they, they need to read through the what's new section. And we have links, um, you know, to follow up if, if it's like, oh, hey, that's new. What is that? Sometimes there's a link to go to a website or maybe a different page in the brochure to get more detailed info. And another section that um, hunters need to look at, each species section has their own what's new that is specific for that species. So, you, you know, if you're not hunting bear this year, you don't have to go to the bear page. But you should go to the elk page or pronghorn or deer page if you're hunting those species. So that, mm-hmm. that's definitely worth taking a look at. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Now, um, another thing we were talking about is there's something kind of new with the surrendering of licenses. Yeah. Yeah. So this is something, again, I, I think it's worth putting into the calendar um, and understanding that. Um, the, the first date that, that hunters really need to know out of the primary draw is going to be that June 5. That is the deadline to surrender any awarded licenses from the primary draw and get your, um, get your money, you know, the, the money that you spent for your license to get that back and your points restored to the pre-draw level. If a hunter turns a license in after this date um, and at least 30 days before the season, the hunter has the choice of restoring points or getting a refund on the license. Um, the other date that, that hunters need to know is June 16. This is the deadline to pay for an awarded license. So if a hunter, when they're applying, they, you know, they have to apply the application fee and you know, there's all that stuff that they probably put on their credit card. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a little button that, that a hunter can, can uh, select on that application, on that, that form online that says use the same credit card if you are awarded a license. I click that, 
So I know that if I get a license, it's automatically going to be paid for. But if a hunter doesn't click that, then they have to take the step of going in and actually paying for the awarded license. So yeah. I, just, I just urge hunters that when they get their get that email that says whether they drew or not, that they look at the details in that email on whether or not the license was paid or if they need to, to pay it again. Sure. And just, man, make sure that expiration date does not happen from when you apply in April before June, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Again, these are all important dates. Um, all these dates are found on the back page of the brochure. So it, it's it's just an easy glance to make sure that you have all those key dates in mind. Right. It, I, I don't know if it's so hard to tell or if you guys really look at how many new hunters, you know, for the first time apply for big game seasons. But uh, uh, I would assume it, it's quite a few. Yeah, I I run into a lot of a lot of hunters that want to get into big game hunting, small game hunting, turkey. That that's kind of my job. I'm I'm a hunter outreach coordinator, and and I run into people all the time. And our our draw application system for uh, for big game it is pretty complex. I, I imagine you've probably experienced that yourself <laughs> now and then, yep. right? Yep, for sure. And I always tell people, man, don't feel bad because you know if you haven't done it before and even if you have done it before sometimes it's a, a little bit confusing until you start understanding how it all works you know yeah well and that that's the key to understand that complexity if you understand how it works you can actually take advantage of a lot of opportunities to get your big game licenses and, and there, there's some experienced hunters out there that um they, they might have some assumptions um, that may, maybe they're, they don't understand it fully and they may be missing out on opportunities. So CPW does have some, um, some draw application classes going on. We've got one next week, Thursday in Denver. There's a couple of them coming up in Colorado Springs yet this month before the deadline for the primary draw. If there's any hunters that want to attend one of those classes, you can find the dates, locations, the times on our CPW website. We've got a little search bar, and just click clinics and seminars in that search window. It'll take you to a website that has a list of other clinics and seminars. Hmm. Hit the links, and they can register for those classes. So we encourage all hunters, whether they're, they're new um, to hunting big game or they're, they've been hunting big game, but they're just not getting their licenses. They, they might be able to attend that class and learn something and, and, and actually get some more licenses. Sure, absolutely. Again, if you're just joining us, uh, Brian Postumus is with us, as he just mentioned. He's the Hunter Outreach Coordinator for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. I want to mention real quick on the A tags, B tags, C tags, and kind of explain how that works. Yeah, that's a great question. So all of the big game species, they have, um, they have a list, um, list assigned to them, list A, B, C, and that will, will impact how many licenses a hunter can have for each species each year. So um, the, the rule is, is every hunter can have at least one list A license every year. That, that, that's the max you can get is one list A license. The, the list A typically are going to be antlered opportunities. So your, your bull and buck tags or your either sex tags, most of the time that's going to be a list A there's going to be a couple of antlerless opportunities that might go into list A, and they're in, in units and in populations where maybe we don't want to um, we don't want to over harvest the population in that area. So mm -hmm. we'll, we can kind of limit some of the hunter um, harvest the, um, and, and maintain those populations at a healthy level by, by creating a list A designation. Now the list B 
um, the rule is you can have up to two list B licenses per species per year. And, and what, what that also means, you can have one list A and one list B, or you can have those two list B species. Those list B species are commonly going to be the antler list licenses. Right. There are some over-the-counter opportunities like that. Um, the archery over-the-counter cow elk is a list B license. The either sex archery and the over-the-counter rifle for, for bull elk, those are both list A. But if hunters want to play the game, they can get two over-the-counter elk licenses each year, and, and whether one of them is going to be the, the bull tag and the other is the archery cow elk, or right, they, they have those opportunities. The limited licenses, they, they have the same the same list A, list B, and they, hunters just got to play the game to figure out which is list A, which is list B. <laughs> the hunt code tables in the brochures have all that information, um, whether it's list A or list B. Um, and then list C, um, it is sometimes hard to get a list C license. There are some list Cs that are in the brochure. Quite often they're going to be on private property, and they're probably going to be in units that, that don't have a whole lot of public um, land in them. So, so a hunter that draws a list C tag will likely need to have permission from landowners if they want to go hunt off that tag. Um, some of these are going to be maybe a late season hunt. This is where hunters can actually help some of these landowners in the in the late winter. Sometimes those game animals will congregate on on some of those uh, those pasture lands or on some of the um, you know crop fields, and they can cause cause some um, game damage issues for those landowners. So hunters can actually um, help these landowners out by um, getting an opportunity to to maybe harvest a couple animals and disperse them across um, the landscape, so they aren't just focused on one. Um, one parcel of property. Sure. You know, just mentioning private land just made me think too, you know, boy, it is very easy, you know, when you're out, you know, and man, there's just woods everywhere and you maybe you're not familiar with the area um, to cross over some boundaries and get on private land. And you thought you were in, you know, a national forest or a place that you, you know, you were fine to hunt, but it it's up to the hunter to know the, all the boundaries they're at, right? Yeah, it is. It is. It's really important that hunters um, take that opportunity to do a little bit of research before you go out, build some confidence. There are some um, smartphone apps or you know, hunters that are using the GPS. Sometimes you can purchase a landowner, um, you know, a chip that you install into your GPS unit. Um, I, I encourage people, don't just rely on your smartphone app. They, they are a great, great tool but before you go out into the field, double check um, with, 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 you know, say you're hunting um, Forest Service or um, Bureau of Land Management, at least check online or try and get access to some maps and try and confirm ahead of time that those maps from the agency that is managing those lands matches up with what you have on those smartphone apps. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, if you get caught on private property and, and a smartphone app says, oh, hey, you're on public land, and, and turns out you're not, that, that landowner can still um, enforce trespass charges. Um, it, 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 isn't, it isn't the fault of the app. It's the fault of the hunter, maybe, for not double-checking. So when I go out in the field, if I know I'm going to be hunting along those, those borders that are close to private property, I'm going to really um, double and, and probably triple-check before I go out, just so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trespassing. Sure, absolutely. 
Now, let's say somebody's maybe wanting to get into a unit that they maybe don't know much about or haven't hunted before. Um, you guys do a good job with uh, stats in different units. How do folks find those? Yeah, yeah. But we've, we've got um, some draw statistics reports, and we have some harvest statistics reports. So if hunters are, um, yeah, they want to try and hunt a new unit, a new season, um, you know, new species, uh, there's a lot of information that a hunter can use to research and and um, refine their choices. So on our big game website um, webpage, it, it, it's off of our CPW website. They they just again go to go to the search window, type in big game, and they ought to go right to that page. Um, we've got hunt statistics page available linked from there. Um, hunters can also just search hunting statistics, and and they ought to get there as well. These reports are going to be um, helpful to narrow down, um, you know, what can you draw. Some hunt codes, especially the, the, you know, the highest quality hunt opportunities, are going to take preference points. Those preference points, um, you, you get one preference point per year. Um, if you do not draw your first choice in the primary draw, you gain a preference point for that species for that year. If you do draw your first choice, in the primary draw, then your preference points go back to zero. So it's okay. important that hunters kind of play that game. They understand, okay, this hunt code, I want to go on this hunt code, but it takes a couple of preference points. All right, let you know, go for it, right? Get that preference point using your first choice. But if they're looking at the statistics, they can enter hunt codes in their second, third, or fourth choice that draw out every year or in the past few years they have. Um, at second, third, or fourth, or they've gone to secondary draw, or they've gone to leftover licenses. Hunters can get those through the primary draw and get your preference point at the same time. But okay. they've got to they've got to look at those the statistics reports. Um, one little tip I'm, I'm I'd like to share with the sure. hunters is when they open up that PDF um, document, they can hit Control F or Command F on their on their uh, keyboard. It opens up a little search window. And, and you can type in just the, the three-digit GMU if you want, and it'll, it'll bring up all the matches to that three-digit GMU. They can um, type in, um, you know, if they want to just focus on archery opportunities on public land, they can type in O1A, and it's going to bring up all of those archery um, hunt codes um, that, that you, can, you can go hunt on, on public land. So, so you, can, you can just enter partial um, pieces of information and, and that, that search box will will find matches across the whole PDF document. But that's a hmm. super useful tool. I use that all the time sure. when I'm doing this. Absolutely. And you know now with our on fully online applications, that took away from a lot of errors and things like that. But any tips just on, you know, reading hunt codes and different things like that? Yeah, yeah. Hunt codes can be a little bit challenging. Um, the the brochure does have um, a page in it that um, hunters can use to kind of read through you know if they can't remember what um, you know what I'm saying here it's, it's a page 10 in the brochure it, it, it basically says how to read hunt codes the very first digit of a hunt code is going to be the species D for deer um, E for elk um, per, pretty simple stuff right. uh, A for pronghorn pronghorn antelope M for moose B for bear um, the next digit um, in the in this code, this hunt code, is going to be um, the animal that you're hunting, or the the gender of the animal. So M for male, F for female, E for either sex. 
the next three digits is going to be um, some numbers, and that does pertain to the game management unit, or GMU is, is what we, mm-hmm. we use um, for, you know, the code for it. Um, it's going to be three characters. So um, if you're hunting, say, in, in GMU2, um, you, you enter 002. And so that's just the GMU. Right. Um, the next two characters, it, it's going to be a combination. It's going to be an alpha and a numeric together. And um, a lot of times this is indicating the seasons, um, or it, and that's going to pertain probably to the hunt dates. It also will will pertain to what kind of land you're allowed to hunt on. So a lot of times you're if you find a hunt code that has 01 in it, it means it's the first season, but it's on land that gives a hunter an opportunity to hunt on public and private land. Now, if they hunt on private, they have to have permission before they go out. Sure. If they run into a number that says P, that's going to be private land only. If they draw that tag, they are not allowed to hunt on public land. Hunters can get these private land only licenses um, sometimes with, with you know very few preference points. Sometimes um, you know they'll go to um, secondary draw or leftovers. Hunters can get these these private land only licenses, but they, they will want to tie in with landowners. I, I recommend before they go hunting so they have that secured before they go out. There's going to be a, It is yeah. funny. Sometimes on social media you'll see, hey, I drew a private land tag and unit. Does anybody know anybody where I can hunt? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I get that. And, you know, and, and hunters, when they go out in the field, um, you know, that maybe they, they do – run to some hunters or maybe they're you know they go to a diner and they're they're sitting there and they they see some uh some folks that maybe are local in the area you know that's what i tell people man go to the local cafe at at six in the morning and you'll find some farmers and ranchers usually there yeah yeah maybe offer to buy it buy their coffee or or you know yeah have an opportunity to engage with them sometimes um even if they don't have access maybe they know of other other landowners that that would be willing to provide access um, that that uh, those characters at alphanumeric. There's a couple other ones. There's some early seasons and the late seasons. So E for early, L for late. Um, there's youth only um, licenses available too, and they they usually start with K. I, I think K stands for kid. And then there are some ranching for wildlife um, hunts as well. Um, they will have W or J in that alphanumeric. Um, and then finally, the last character that's in there. It's gonna um, just be a, a single digit. It's A for archery, M for muzzleloader, R for um, for rifle. Um, there is a, a fourth category in there that that's an X. And um, for for deer, there is some seasons choice hunt codes that are out there. And, and for hunters that aren't aware of that, um, it, it's usually towards the back pages of the deer section. But these are going to be some um, some licenses that that hunters can actually choose to hunt during archery season muzzleloader season rifle season and and you can hunt in any of those seasons where that tag is allowed um any of those seasons until you harvest and and so it provides a a longer opportunity throughout the year using different um, methods of take throughout the year in order to try and try and fill your freezer so it's it's a good opportunity and those are going to be kind of in the back section of the, the the deer hunt codes so kind of look towards the back pages of that to find those all right. So we've got our, our, our main draw there. That Again, the deadline is April 4th, uh, 8 p.m. And then we kind of have, we used to have, you know, leftover tags. But then there's now this whole secondary draw. And that's, that's 
really weighted, I think, uh, more to youth. Is that correct? Um, there is quite a bit of youth preference in the secondary draw. Okay. Um, so for for folks that just just don't understand um, the draw, I mean, just just it, it gets pretty detailed. But just generally speaking. Um, all of the hunt codes that still have quota available after the primary draw, those licenses become available to hunters through the secondary draw. There's no use of preference points in the secondary draw. You can't gain them, can't use them, and can't lose them in the secondary draw. What what we have um, to kind of give youth, uh, you know, a little opportunity to get out there and hunt, um, youth that apply for those hunt codes, they get the very first preference when that draw is done. So for for any license in that secondary draw. So if you've got a youth and they, you know, you you haven't taken advantage of the youth preference opportunities in the primary draw, or maybe you did and you you can get another uh, another license for them in the secondary draw, um, you know, take advantage of that. So so youth have the first opportunity, um, and then then it goes to the public and and it draws out um, randomly um, that you know first you know. First round is probably going to be looking at your first choice, then second choice, third choice, fourth choice. Um, and, and then any any of those hunt codes that still have quota available after the secondary draw, those become available um, during um, on leftover day and, and after yeah. leftover day. And, and that, that's going to be August 1 this year. The The deadline for secondary draw for folks that um, – you know, have a calendar handy. Um, the the it's it's going to open up June 21, and the deadline's going to be June 30. So it's a short little window. Okay. Again, if you're just joining us, Brian Postumus is with us, Hunter Outreach Coordinator for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Now, the main website. Let me just give you that real quick. Is cpw.state.co.us, and again, they got a. a very very good website it's it's fairly easy to navigate just go through and the cpw.shop um is the section you go to uh really for putting in licenses and things like that now um last few minutes here but what about group hunts people that have maybe never put in for a group hunt any tips there yeah yeah um group hunts uh it's kind of a deal it like if you've got a hunting party, um, all of your your hunting partners are like, hey, we want to, we want everybody to go, or we want nobody to go. Um, <laughs> you know, you could take advantage of of the the group applications, and and the process of doing that, you the group determines who the group leader is, and so the group leader um, applies first, um, and everybody in the group then applies later and 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 that group leader provides their cid number to the rest of the group so they can reference that when they apply um one of the the key things to remember is that everybody in that group so if you're applying for elk everybody in that group has to have the exact same hunt code um for each choice one two three four they they enter all of them in at the you know the exact same hunt code the only difference that you can um, enter in there is, is, let's say, for that, you know, that, that hunt code, that unit, that season, um, maybe there's a bull tag, maybe there's a cow tag. That group can actually split that up where, where some of the folks will go after the, the bull tag, some of them will go after the cow tag. Now, if, if, um, if anyone in that group is drawn through the drawing process and there's still enough licenses left in the quota for what that group applied for, then the whole group gets awarded their licenses. And they, they do have to hunt 
their license that they're given, right? Just, just yeah. because it's a group application <laughs> doesn't mean they get to group hunt where, oh, well, you got a bull bag, I got a cow, if I see a bull, I'll... you're not allowed to do that sure. in Colorado. That, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's group hunting, and, and um, <laughs> we, we don't allow that. that. That's considered poaching in Colorado. So, yeah. Um, the, uh, a couple of key points to that group application, um, when, when the group applies, they all go into the draw with um, the whoever has the lowest number of preference points. So if you've got someone that's going to the draw with 10 preference points and another person that has one, the whole group goes in with one preference point. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's something where it, 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 if, if you want everybody to go or nobody to go, um, right, like, like you, it, it's a great opportunity to take advantage of that, but you have to communicate who has what points, what are we applying for um, to make sure that, that you do it right. You, you don't kind of get kicked out of the system and lose an opportunity to draw a tag. Boy, for sure. And again, through the brochure, and I mean, we could probably do a three-hour show here, you know, in some (laughs) units there's point restrictions, so again, the hunter is responsible to know all of that. But, and our our last point, I guess we've got time for today, Brian, mistakes do happen, you know, and and unfortunately, you know, boy, you just, you you thought you saw the right animal or, you know, again, the the point restriction, you thought, man, I thought I met those point restrictions when I pulled the trigger and you walk up and you didn't. What's the best thing to do? You make a mistake, yeah. you, you know, you do something that you shouldn't have done. How's the best way to handle it? Yeah, that, that's a great question, and, and you're right. Hunters do make mistakes, you know, unintentionally. And, um, yeah, the, the best thing to do is, is, is own up to the mistake and call that in to a, to a wildlife officer. The, um, the, the best way of doing that, um, you know, if you know um, maybe the, the office number, um, you know, for that supports the area that you hunt, you can try and call them up um, if you're hunting Monday through Friday. Um, if you can't get a hold of anyone because you're hunting a weekend or it's outside normal business hours, um, hunters that, that actually um, try and figure out their Colorado State Patrol non-emergency number, I, I've saved some of those, I put them into my phone, and depending on where I'm hunting, I can call that State Patrol non-emergency number get in touch with them and say, hey, this is where I'm hunting in this area. Um, I made a mistake. I would like to reach out and connect with the, the game warden or the, the wildlife officer for this area. And oftentimes they can, they can send out a, a message, maybe you know, relay the, the phone number and what's going on to whoever's on call for that day and supporting that area. And then that person can reach back out to that person. If, uh, if you've, you know, a big game animal, even a small game animal, if you, you made a mistake out in the field, maybe you had a, a buck tag and you accidentally shot a doe, um, you know, go ahead and field dress that animal, get it out, try and get to a place as soon as you can get cell phone coverage and make that call, report it in, and then just let the officer handle it from there. Okay. It's, um, it, it, it is highly recommended if you make a mistake, own up to it, and, and you know, just, just reach out, let someone know. Officers, um, you know, they, they follow up on that. They're going to probably have a little, you know, some questions and investigation. They'll, they'll, they'll determine what steps take or, you know, have to happen next. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the good thing, though, is those officers actually have a list of um, folks in the area that, that are like, hey, if you know of, um, you know, got roadkill or if there's an opportunity to get some wild game, we would love it. They've got a list of some people that could really use that meat. And even though a mistake was made, um, if, if we've field dressed it, we've hauled it out, and we've reported it, 
that meat can actually um, be used still, and it can go to someone that that probably really is is, is going to be super happy with, sure. with a little bit of extra food in their their uh, their freezer this year. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, Brian, man, I feel like we need to do this again here. So we'll, maybe we'll see if I can tap into your calendar again and uh, hit anything we might have missed here. But, man, just some great information here. So, once again, if you if you maybe haven't, um, you know, even got a CID number and, and, you know, just that's that's the start there and hunter safety, of course, required, all of that kind of thing, if, just get in touch with Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Again, cpw.state.co.us. They can answer all the questions. There's hunt planners. Uh, they're ready to help you, and I'm telling you, all the folks there are, are uh, super willing to help, and we just want everyone to have a great, safe season. And I guess last thing I do want to mention, you know, muzzleloader archery seasons, Brian, they overlap a little bit here, and boy, unfortunately, over the last few years, we have seen some just horrific incidents there, and I just want to tell people, you know, I actually got called in on one case a few years ago, an attorney in town was representing the family where a young man was shot by a muzzleloader and you know and he just asked me he goes how does that happen and i'm like well <laughs> it can't happen you know you can't pull that trigger i mean and so it's just a sad sad deal you know uh when something like this happens but man everybody's just got to be careful yeah yeah before we pull a trigger release an arrow we're, we're responsible you know we can't we can't pull it back you know after we pull that trigger so make sure we we are sure of our shots. You know, is, is it the animal that we have a license for? You know, make sure, you know we're not shooting through through heavy brush. Does it have antlers? Does it not have antlers? You know, feel free to pass up on opportunities um, if it's just not safe, mm-hmm. if it's not legal, if it's not ethical. Pass up on those shots. You might still have an opportunity left in your hunt for a better opportunity, a higher percentage. Um, you know, shot opportunity, a better opportunity. So, so I encourage hunters, don't rush it. Make sure you identify your target. Um, you know, don't shoot on animals that are on ridge lines. Make sure you, you've got a good, safe backstop behind it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Scott. Yeah, I, for sure. I agree with you, Paul. Yeah. I know. Well, Brian, hey, man, we appreciate it. And, again, I'll hook up with you again here soon. We'll get you back on. And uh, thanks for all you do. And uh, we appreciate it very much, sir. Hey, thank you very much, Scott. All right, that's Brian Postumas, Hunter Outreach Coordinator for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Once again, remember those dates. Just look on the back page uh, of the brochure. All your important dates are there. And as Brian said, hey, great good tip there. Put those in your phone, on your calendar, and uh, you won't get left behind there. Thanks for being with us. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.